0: Coming up on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, BYU picks up two wins over the holidays in Hawaii as a fab freshman makes a splash. Now it's a final in-state tune-up before conference play gets underway. And we're looking ahead with coach Pope and rookie Fuseni Traore next. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And now your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building here in Provo, Utah. Snowy Provo for another weekly edition of BYU Basketball with Mark Polk. We've got some BYU Hoops fans joining us in studio. And for those watching live, we invite you to take part in our show via the live Opine Polls. Get the Opine app on your phone then you can watch the side of your screen for poll questions throughout the broadcast tonight. Or take part through social media using the hashtag Pope Show. Coming up on tonight's post-Christmas broadcast, we will look back at the Cougars' trip to Hawaii and two wins they picked up there at the Diamond Head Classic. We'll preview this week's games including a home date with Westminster tomorrow night and the Cougs' WCC opener. We'll go deep blue with former Coug, Craig Cusick. Coach Pope will take your questions from social media with the Q&A segment, and fantastic freshman Fusene Traore will be with us in studio. And to start the show, we say aloha to BYU Hoops head coach, Mark Pope. All right. How are we, guys? What's up, baby? How are you? Good Good to see see you. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming in. Merry Christmas. All right. Uh, Well, I've seen a lot of you lately. Yes, you have. And that's, and that's not a bad thing at all. And the roll just keeps on going. We went to Hawaii and back. You found yourself picking up two wins. You played on Christmas Day. We had a big group with us there, a larger travel party than normal. And yet it just keeps on going. How do you feel about this last couple weeks that we've had? It was fun, but
1: I'm just ready for Emma. Emma, roll the, uh, can you roll the surf tape? <laughs>
0: You they get out the, on the video morning? of you and I. Yeah, surfing, yeah, right? it was crazy. Do it we have that tandem surfing? It was something. I'm pretty sure they've got it queued up. Uh, yeah,
1: anyway, how much fun was that? That was extraordinary. Never
0: a bad thing. We're making it up. Funny. That's <laughs> not true. So uh. last time you were here, it was a pre-Christmas show, but you were wondering where were the trees. Yes, and even though it's post-Christmas we now have the trees for you. Yeah, that is Incredible design elements here. That is so
1: fantastic live television
0: So it's still the holidays for us and but we have the trees for you So we felt like we uh, we kind of came through. They're beautiful
1: aren't they? That's so fantastic. Yeah, that makes me really happy
0: Yeah, and it's happy. It's 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 it it makes me happy that we got into and through the Hawaiian holiday and uh, and got a win to finish things off right Yes, it does. (laughs) Because I know after the middle game, we were talking about leading into Christmas, sitting on that, and I just wanted to finish off the right way, and you got to do that.
1: Yeah, it's, um, you know, these basketball seasons are super complicated because, among other things, they are Thanksgiving and Christmas are sandwiched right in in between super, super competitive games, and sometimes they have more of an impact on the holidays than you would like.
0: (laughs) But you guys responded the way you wanted them to
1: yeah i'm I'm so proud of these guys man i just you know we've talked about this at length but um you just think about how they they have battled through this non-conference schedule which has been grueling. You know, one of the toughest non-conference uh, schedules in the country for a bunch of different reasons. The four in-state games so far, the seven NCAA tournament teams, uh, eight out of nine games on the road, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, these guys have, have done an unbelievable job and, and really blessed all of us. It's been super fun. I mean, it's fun to watch. It's Fun to witness, fun to coach these guys. It's, it's been a joy.
0: And doing it all with a roster that continues to evolve um, due to necessity, things you wouldn't have foreseen that really challenged you as well.
1: Yep, that's what you. These, this, this season is like a lifetime in and of itself. And um, every team is going through evolutions of itself in real time. And that's one of the really uh, terrifying process of the season, and, and it's one of the really exciting things and really gratifying things to see, and um, when you have a group of young men like we do, it makes that process really fun.
0: And, you know, th- there could be teams or programs that go completely sideways with the kind of adversity you face, but it has not been the case. It has to be super gratifying to see that you still kept pace with where you kind of want to be, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're right where we right need to be, and, and uh, I do think we're getting better. We're getting different better, and um and that's that's super exciting Uh, and uh you know we we have a a a huge game tomorrow and then and then we start conference play and and uh, it's on and one of the best conferences uh conference you know groupings that we've had uh the wcc is really good right now so it's gonna be a great run
0: you just said different better what does different Different, better mean to you right now different
1: better so um, it's what we are we're different better we're gonna make t-shirts different better (laughs) <laughs> and, um, and so we're trying to grow. We're, we're changing and growing at the same time. And, and uh, the end product is going to be even better than we expected.
0: I want to look back at our three games in Hawaii with you, if we could. All right, let's tip it off. BYU and uh, South Florida, our highlights and stats, presented by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Your opener was against South Florida. Challenging team to play because of how they play. Nobody scores a big number against them. No one shoots a great number against them. It's just the way it is with them.
1: Finally, midway through the first half, Alex Barcello breaks over two back-to-back catch-and-shoot threes, and coach lost his mind, called a timeout immediately. He was like, that is not the game plan (laughs) and uh, is a a team that prides itself on being a great defensive team they held number 12 Auburn to to 10 points in the first 15 minutes of their game and I thought our guys responded really really well
0: a great way to end the half too you you, you had a couple of buzzer beaters yes Seneca
1: and Spencer both had them and uh, it was a great physical play to the rim and Seneca just kind of squeezed it in there
0: One of the big things about this game, besides Trevin playing well, Caleb Murphy, their star, had only one field goal, five points on the night. That was huge.
1: Yeah, it it was really important for us. Um, uh, They have have some length and athleticism and talent. And... uh, uh, we, you know, we held our own on the glass, and, and uh, I thought we put together a great defensive performance and, and enough offense to win.
0: And Gideon, we see one of his threes, he had three threes on the year before that game, and he had three threes on the night.
1: Yeah, and he's you know for the weekend, Hawaii shot 46% yeah. from the three-point line, and that was a needed boost for him. You know He had played so well early on the glass and then was sick and was out for a couple games that were huge for us and then his, finally kind of worked his body back and, and had a really great run in this so
0: BYU holds USF to 39 points in the game. Second time in the Coach Pope era that BYU's held the team under 40. It's a rare number. And BYU's scoring number, mid-50s. But again, they're not letting teams even get to 70 on them.
1: Yeah. So it's it's just, uh, everybody's 50 to 60. Yep. And they grind it out and slow it down and rotate really well and throw a ton of length on the floor. and. So you know, if, if we held every team to 39, we win a lot of games.
0: You, you'd be probably undefeated, I think, by the end of the year. Uh, a <laughs> couple of individual numbers of note: we're gonna iso uh, Alex Barcelo and Caleb Lohner here. We look at Caleb because he was one point away from his second career double-double. Big day on the glass uh, for Caleb with 14 rebounds.
1: Yeah, and he started the game with unbelievable intensity. He had a steal for a dunk right away early in the game, and and uh, had an unbelievable. You know, we're in transition early on again. A couple of plays later, and he slips it, gets a slip catch. On a drag and then finds foos uh, you know um, running to the rim and, and just made some really great physical plays early in that game obviously rebounded the ball great for us.
0: Alex Marcello was another consecutive game in double figure scoring for him and and the three pointers he hit again kind of felt like you needed kind of that to take a lid off the basket a bit in the first.
1: Yeah hundred percent and it, you could feel the you could just feel the urgency of South Florida trying to contain him when he made those back-to-back threes. And, and immediately went to timeout and be like, we cannot lose him. Clearly, it was a massive part of their scouting report like it is everybody. Big time dime by Foose. Great cut against pressure by Alex.
0: How about Caleb's week the way it started off?
1: Yep, it's, well, we refer to this already, this early steal kind of for a dunk to set the tempo, get us some easy offense. And then Tijon Lucas was an incredible playmaker all week long. Wow. Caleb just being a man on the boards, 14 rebounds. You know, he's, he should live there in double-figure rebound. It makes him really special, and he was great.
0: So South Florida tipped off your week. It set up your second game. You took on Vanderbilt uh, out of the SEC. Jerry Stackhouse and you, uh, you met up in yeah. – uh, well, tell us about when you first met up with him on the college. So,
1: so Jerry and I were in college together. <laughs> yeah. uh, he was in North Carolina. I was in Kentucky, and we actually um, – we met in the Elite Eight. Yeah. We were the one seed, and I think North Carolina was maybe a four. It must have been a four, and uh, they they beat us to go to the Final Four. Really disappointing deal. Uh, going to it would have been my first Final Four, and back home in Seattle, Washington. Mm. So it was it was uh, just uh, such a tough night. Him and Rasheed Wallace, uh, great North Carolina team, and um, so. That that one still burns to this day.
0: You kind of made up for it the next year. Yes, Uh, we did. Flashing forward to uh, Coach Stackhouse's Commodores and Coach Pope's Cougars, this was a tight one throughout. You were down six early. You took a five-point lead at halftime, another one of those games that featured uh, BYU kind of beating the horn. And then the second half, it was back and forth. And it really was. It was six ties, 13 lead changes, just tight throughout.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a good college basketball team. I don't think either of us you know played our best on this given
0: night. Uh, but the guys really, really competed. And it just didn't go our way at the end. And at the very, very end, uh, well, we're going to see the last sequence right here. Uh, you end up with no shot clock, AB, Mid-range, you don't mind that at all, and then all kinds of stuff goes on here in the final few seconds that resulted in nothing but live play, and that's the way it ended. Yep. That's the shortest no comment we're gonna have on the end of that <laughs> on the end of that game. <laughs> oh man, alive! That's how it turned out. BYU losing a close one uh, to Vanderbilt, and we see the the highlighted number there was kind of your uh, kind of the decisive number of the night, yeah. the number of points Vanderbilt scored off of BYU giveaways.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's interesting. So you, we, 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 I, I, we got to stop, right? But every year we schedule these ridiculously hard non-conference schedules. And um, the key is that we learn from them. And so this actually capped off our fifth straight uh, double digit Turnover game, which mm-hmm. had been so uncharacteristic right. of us. We had done such a great job protecting the ball and this we had gone five straight games, 13, 15, 17, 16 turnovers. And in this game we have 18. And, and um, so uh, we, we, we were able to go back uh, straight back to the hotel and we spent uh, several hours as a team watching film and kind of um, uh, refocusing on so ourselves on not just scheme-wise but intentionally uh, protecting this ball. And that's what you do with non-conference schedules. That's what you do. That's why you play all these games because they expose you over and over and over again in difficult circumstances. And I love the way the guys responded. Uh, you know, they responded by having our first in, in six games. It was our first, uh, you know, 10-and-under turnover game with a great win. And that's that's what you do. You just challenge yourself over and over to see where the little holes are and try and fix them.
0: Not every turnover is created equal. And I'm sure it's sometimes you have to break out and say, okay, of this number, what are the ones that I really – we have to work on, and what are yeah. some of their that are whistle-related, things that you're like, I like the play, we just didn't get a good look at it, you know, that, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and it's super interesting. You know, you think about it, but they're, they're a top 30 turnover-causing team, steals mm-hmm. and turnover That's they team. Yeah. They're really good at it. And so, you know, we went back and kind of digested the film, and we had 18 turnovers, and interestingly, only three of them came from pressure. There were three pressure-caused turnovers. There was a dribble handoff with Spence and Alex. Uh, uh, the other two were escaping me right now and the other 15 were kind of self-inflicted and self-inflicted trying to make a play where we're being a little too greedy self-inflicted where we're being a little careless self-inflicted where we're just going a little too fast um, but all self-correctable and um, you know we just can't have games like that and what's nice uh you know we talk about protecting the ball protecting the ball is one of the pillars of making us win and so every time you have an experience like that those words actually have experiential meaning to our players and that's what great is great about experience is that the words start to actually mean something and you find yourself in a similar situation down the road in a game that really, really matters and our guys will respond better.
0: Now in this Vanderbilt game, you outshot them from the field, from the arc and from the stripe and you out rebounded Vanderbilt as well. Usually that's a pretty good formula, those four things together. And even though you've gotten smaller, You've still been a really good rebounding team, and Foos was a big part of it uh, in the Vanderbilt game. Career-high 15 boards for him, five of them come on the offensive glass. He leads your team per 40 in offensive, defensive, and total rebounds right now.
1: Yeah, he's um, he's been really special, and you know his, his minutes have been uh, somewhat inconsistent in how he's getting them but he's so effective, his permanent numbers are just ridiculous, and uh, his poise on the court is really special, and his, you know, not just his size and athleticism, but his timing and his hands are special, and this is all a freshman big who is, quite honestly, not supposed to be playing right now, and, um, but he is, he is uh, not only taking advantage of this opportunity for himself, but he's going a long way towards saving us in the sense of, of, of making reparations for, for mm-hmm. losing rich and. And Gavin. Gavin, so he's been been—he's been nothing short of phenomenal uh, for a rookie to play the way he's been playing.
0: Yeah, his per-minute numbers, per-40 numbers are amazing. He's second to A.B. in scoring, second to A.B. in free throw makes and attempts, yep. field goal makes, leads you in blocks and all those rebound numbers. He's been excellent.
1: I, I mean, he's a rookie big, shooting 75% from the free throw line. Yeah. It's really its just super impressive. And, and uh, you know, he, he's still a freshman. He's going to have moments where – um, he's still really learning at a high speed, but but he's he's been performing
0: great. Okay, we're gonna get to the Liberty game now, and uh, Foose helped finish it off the right way with the win over Liberty. And by the way, uh, Foose's efforts in Hawaii got him the WCC Freshman and Player of the Week honors. We'll get to more on that in a little bit. So it was BYU and Liberty, Richie McKay's team, and this was another tight one. No double-digit lead for either team at any point in this one, Coach, eight ties, 11 lead changes over the three games you had 19 ties and 28 lead changes. It was a tight tourney.
1: Yeah, it was. All the, you know, most, most all the games in the tournament were close. And you saw the first Keep Your Dribble Live penetration by Tijon Lucas. And, you know, after that Vanderbilt game, there was a lot of emotion. We sat on it for, for a day and a half. Uh, there was some uncertainty. And Tijon Lucas came out and, against a, an elite-level scorer and got to the rim twice with really smart plays early that game to kind of get us steadied.
0: What was it like to guard Darius McGee in it's, this one? It's really
1: hard. You know, if, if you didn't get a chance to see this, Darius McGee had 28, right? And 29. Uh, 29. And he <clears throat> he is just an electrifying scorer, unbelievably skilled, uh, really incredible shooter, very much out of the mode of Steph Curry. Uh, a lot of similar actions, and you have to break a lot of your fundamental shell rules to guard him. And, and you know, this, he scored 29 against us, and I thought our guys did an unbelievable job guarding. Him. That's right. how talented he is.
0: He became the most outstanding player of the tourney for a team that went one and two. That doesn't yeah. always happen yeah. with a one-win team. Uh, so Liberty actually outshot BYU in this one from the field and the arc, but free throws and rebounds difference makers. Again, you're plus 17 in points at the line and plus a dozen in rebounds, including 10 to five on the O glass, which led to some second chance points that were really helpful in this one.
1: Yeah, it was really important. The work the guys did on the glass and our ability to get to the free throw line in this particular game were both really key.
0: OK, more on foos It was his first career start. What first of all told you it was time to put him in the, the opening five?
1: Well, for everything this year has been born of necessity more than it's been like uh, kind of the plan. Um, but he keeps, you know, every time we put uh, new responsibilities on his shoulders, he just delivers. Uh, you know, he played with, with real aggression and focus. Uh, he's kind of coming to the ball and securing catches even more and more effectively. Uh, he Clearly, he finished around the rim terrific. He just was
0: spectacular. So his height's listed at 6'6". Six, six. For some reason, I don't see him as a six-6 guy. I think of him as much more than that because yep. he well, he's, got, he's got good wingspan for the size. He just plays bigger than a height, doesn't it? Yep. He? He's like a 6 six,
1: 243pound prima ballerina. I mean, he just is, <laughs> He just has got incredible feet. Uh, he's so explosive off the floor. Um, I'm telling you he's he's got he's a different player for sure But there are some physical attributes that are really really unique that are also so much in the genre of Yoli child mm. It's it's um, it's it's pretty remarkable
0: by the way He ended up the tournament averaging 13 points and 12.3 rebounds per game The true freshman makes the all-tournament team with yeah. some really really good players in that in that group. It's
1: pretty great Yeah,
0: yeah, and he, uh, he did he come home with the or
1: yes he did <laughs> he had to stow it underneath the plane they wouldn't let him take it on but it made it home safely
0: Mato E got the wooden ore <laughs> as a member of the all tournament team all right that takes us to almost to the end of the month let's see how BYU has uh, completed its December slate we go back to that Weber State game yeah you, you turned around from the Ogden game came home got packed and headed to Hawaii right after that big win in Ogden, which we didn't talk about right. um, then you went to Hawaii you go two and one there another in-state game tomorrow night then you're right into WCC play so Tomorrow will be your 15th game of the season, and it will be your uh, 14th in-state game that you've coached, including the non-Division 1 teams, Westminster. You're 11-2 in the in-state games. You and your players are 11-2 in in in-state games. What would be uh, the special sauce to to win 11 of 13 in-state games since you've been here?
1: Well, it's it's very simple. It comes down to really good players. in-state games are hard you know every time you play an in-state game i i said this today in in media we could go play timpanogos high school and you could throw out all the stats and all the records and it would be a coin flip toss up see who win the game it just is the nature of in-state games um they're really special uh there's so much energy and anticipation brought to it. Uh, Guys play way better than they are way out of their minds just because it matters so much. You know, we have some young people here, and if one of these 15 year old boys went out in the backyard with their seven year old brother, it's a coin flip, man, to see who wins. It just always is. That's the beautiful part of it
0: why is it important to you to keep as many in-state games as the on the schedule as you do have, kind of annually? And let's well, back to Coach Rose, too.
1: Yeah, it's um, so, you know, you're trying to make a schedule as hard as you can so you can be as battle-tested and grow as much as you can. So you have some options. One, you can go get quad one games. And so we, we work like crazy to get as many of those as we can, is getting great games. Two, you can go on the road and turn what should be a quad two or three game into a quad one game because you one on the road, which is the case with a team like Missouri State this year. So we turn that into a quad one game. And three is just to get games <clears throat> that might not necessarily fit into the quad one area, but they're in-state games because they have the intensity of an NCAA tournament game. It doesn't matter how uneven the matchup is because it's always a coin flip. And, and so it's a great way to make your schedule incredibly challenging and really learn about your team before you get to conference. So, you know, that's kind of the approach we take.
0: And this will wrap it up for the in-state for this year tomorrow night, right? There's none left. There's no more. You played enough. All right, let's take a break. And for your day-to-day Cougar sports play-by-play, we encourage you to watch and listen to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer and Jerram, weekdays noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, we'll preview tomorrow night's home game with Westminster as BYU basketball with Mark Pope continues. Stay with us. BYU
2: Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and
0: Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. And by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU athletics. All right, some of the uh, sights from last week at the Diamond Head Classic. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. Uh, let's get to uh, what's happening tomorrow night on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Cougars and Westminster. The Griffins, countdown to tip-off on BYU TV at 6.30 Mountain, 8.30 Eastern. Half an hour before that, will begin on the radio. 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern for our radio pregame coverage. And then both TV and radio. Give you the tip of the Cougars and the Griffins at 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain. And we're with you afterwards on TV and radio for coverage of BYU and Westminster. It's all tomorrow night. Well, it will be only BYU's second home game. In the last five weeks, as the Cougars conclude their in-state slate with Westminster coming down I-15, the Griffins out of Division Two, taking a break from their conference play. It's an exhibition game for Westminster, but a counting game for BYU as the Cougs wrap up their non-conference schedule. Uh, Coach uh, five and six on the season. Uh, Coach Paris's team uh, three and two away. So they've had some good success in enemy gyms. They have lost two straight after a four-game win streak. They also haven't played in 13 days. And so we'll see what they get, uh, what they give you tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, uh, talented team, uh, some Division One transfers. Uh, young man who who uh, played at North Idaho and then um, played a year at Tennessee State. Uh, he's a terrific talent, starting at the forefront. Six ten, great length, unbelievable shooter. Uh, they have some uh, local talent um, that's always fun to get in the gym, and it's going to be a great challenge. This game is always. Um, super super competitive and and uh, they play hard and, and coach is a a veteran veteran of the game last year he came out First game of the year, just jump straight into a two-three zone, just yeah. try and trick it up, and so it'll be a really fun game. And, and we got to bring it. We got to bring it and compete if we're going to have a chance
0: to be in it. That's how BYU opened last year's season. Uh, last season was against Westminster in that opener in Provo. They had a heartbreaker in their last game too. Uh, it was a free throw yeah. with 0.4 seconds to go that would have tied the game. That didn't yep. go for them, and that's how they ended up dropping. This game can be cruel sometimes. It can be. All right, then it's on to the weekend, and on Saturday BYU plays in Portland as WCC play begins. There were there was. There were to be two conference games on Thursday. They've been canceled. Another couple games on Saturday and around the league have been postponed. So, you know, we're just crossing fingers again that we get as many games in as we want to here and have scheduled, but it'll start this Saturday at the trial Center.
1: Yep, uh, always a really, really tough place to play. Uh, first year head coach, Shante, is a, is a He's a terrific, terrific coach. and one, one of the great human beings on the planet. He's going to do an incredible job at Portland, so we'll have our work cut out for us.
0: BYU has won 11 straight in the series, including five in a row at the Child Center. The new coach, Coach mentioned Shantae Leggins, opened 7 and 2. Now they're 9 and 6. This after going 6 and 15 last year. So he's already seen some immediate effects. Yep. And and when you say like it's it, it's a new look, there's there's like nobody you're going to see that you saw last year. It's an entirely yeah. new
1: team. Yeah, he's, he's he's in short order. He's put together. A really talented young team. that's uh, going to be really fun to watch this year. Watch we do them, but they're going to be together for the next several years, and they're going to develop.
0: They have lost a lot of consecutive games in league. You'll see, there are 25 consecutive losses to WCC opponents. 27 of you include uh, the WCC tournament. So this is the year they're hoping to turn a bit of a corner uh, with that team, and that's how league play gets underway. And uh, yeah, coach, the hope is that uh, things settle down enough that uh, you get all the games you have planned in yeah. this year. But you just don't know.
1: It's you know we were t- we were meeting as a staff this morning. There have been been a bunch of cancellations, and so we were just talking to staff, we're like, man, we're so glad that the WCC schedule is still intact. And then a half an hour later, it was no longer intact. So um, this is just part of what we're living with now. And, and hopefully we get as many games in and, and uh, things work out the best they can.
0: Amen. All right, coming up, questions for Coach Pope from social media as BYU basketball with Mark Pope continues. Stay with us. We're back in a minute. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Polk, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. We are in Studio C and heading to our social media segment for Q&A. Uh, question number one coming in for the coach from Jared. He says, uh, who's had the biggest role change since having to adapt due to injuries? Wow. That's a good
1: question. Um So, you know, Caleb Loner has played the four and a ton of five, way more five than we ever expected him Mm -hmm. to play. Uh, Seneca Knight has played the two, three and the four. Foose Traor is gone from not playing to playing a
0: lot. Starting in the post. Um, Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, Gideon George is playing a lot more four and less three there's been a lot of guys who've had big changes in what they do but interestingly enough you're feeling a lot of change from our guards so uh, the job that Tijon Lucas and Alex Barcell have to do is much much different right now the spacing on, on the floor is different the length at the rim is different uh, their ability to hit the roll is different like the way the methodology of how they can actually deliver passes has changed so their roles change as much than anybody and they're playing the same
0: position. Okay, so there's been a lot going on. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> okay, question number two. Coach, if you had never played basketball, which pro sport would you have played and why? If I, if I, if basketball didn't exist as a sport and you had to find something to play, what was it gonna be?
1: So, growing up, I was a um, musician. I, was a, I played several inches, but I, I loved the alto saxophone. Playing in jazz band all through high school, and my dream, still someday, my fantasy, is that you'll see me in Grand Central Station or in the subway <laughs> somewhere with my case with out. With an
0: open sax case, just just trying,
1: to... <laughs> just trying to, just trying to collect a nickel, man. Like that's 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 my dream of dreams. What about a sport? Uh, Well, growing up on a ranch, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but Sebastian Coe was my all-time hero, the Great uh, great Britain, uh, now politician, but formerly Olympic runner. Um, So I I love track and field so much.
0: That's great. Uh, By the way, clarinet and bass clarinet. There we go. go. Hey, we can start a band. Yes, indeed. We need to break out the instruments next show. What a duo that would be. Come on, baby. I'd make terrible sounds. Um, (laughs) And question number three uh, from the at BYU Arnold's. I think I know the answer. Maybe you have a different one. Uh, what did Santa bring the team this year? Well, we got we got a win. That's on what Christmas. I thought. <laughs> you were Christmas Day, and you got a win, you
1: and know? that's pretty great. You know, it was it was a super unique year because there was only one nationally televised college basketball game uh, on Christmas Day. Yeah. And that was the BYU Cougars and Liberty, and guys came away with a win, and that's pretty good Christmas for us. It was pretty awesome.
0: All right, those are our social media questions for this week. We remind you to tune in tomorrow for Countdown to Tip-Off. Jerem Jordan, Tyler Haas, getting you geared up on the TV for basketball in-state rivalry game. It is BYU and Westminster. Coverage at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, the tip at 9. You can also sync up the TV with the radio call on BYU Radio. We will have you covered tomorrow night. Coming up next... Fusene Raleigh will join us in Studio C when BYU Basketball with Mark Pope continues. Stay with us. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Smith's, fresh for everyone. And by Cascade Collision Repair, serious about perfection. Welcome back to the program. We're live with you in Studio C tonight, and tonight's edition of Deep Blue uh, takes us back a few seasons to remember the play of a BYU guard who was a high schooler in BYU's backyard. Craig Cusick became the all-time leading scorer at Orem High School. After transferring to and walking on at BYU, played two solid seasons for the Cougs, seasons that included an unforgettable moment during an uncomfortable time in his life and career. Here now, Deep Blue, presented by Brady Industries, honestly
3: better. He, from the time he could walk, he was his father's shadow. And his dad loved having him by his side. They were best friends.
2: Some of the clearest memories I have with my dad are either in the basketball court, at the farm, or the nearby garden where we had horses, right, and we had a large garden as well. He needed wide open spaces and his horses, the handful of people that meant the most to him, he didn't need like much else. My parents found a way to always make sure and provide. And I look back on that and have obviously a lot of learnings that I try to now instill in my kids, right? So wonderful childhood, had all the opportunities in the world, I couldn't be more grateful for all of them. Out of high school, he was he was really good, and he, he had a, a few different places that he, he could have gone, but he ended up going to the U of U.
3: Decided to go there as a walk-on. Had a great experience, great relationships there. He went on his mission with the assumption that when he came home, there would be a spot for him, but there was new coaching staff there, and so he took the path of Slick, and with, I think it was only like on the, second or third or fourth game he was hurt
2: it's hard when you take a break like that and then get back to a sport and just hit the ground running so come the end of that season had a hard decision to make right do I stay and do I continue to try to you know play one more year or do I move on do I go to BYU where I wanted to go to school anyway right where my dream
3: was he was told that he would never play division one and you don't tell Craig he will never do something because that lights a fire underneath him and he'll prove you wrong. He's the most determined soul.
2: And at that point, I made a decision that I was going to go all in and, and go the unconventional path. And that next fall, my ankle had, you know, probably six to nine months to heal. Even though it's it's never been the same, you know, I went to walk on tryouts and made the team.
3: He had reached a goal, I mean, that he had dreamed about. And there was only one point when I think he might have gotten a little down, discouraged that he wasn't getting a scholarship, when he saw everyone else coming on getting scholarships, and yet he was starting on some games. And he came to us, never complained, but at one point he said, I'm I'm thinking I might throw in the towel. And his father and I said to him, don't ever allow money to dictate your dreams, sweetheart. We will find a way. And, we did. and I really think being a walk-on has been the greatest blessing because it's taught him so many lessons that he can teach his children. <laughs> that when you want something bad enough, it's it's worth whatever you have to do to fulfill a dream.
2: Going into my senior year, I, I had obviously personally and as a team, right, and as a group, we had a lot of optimism around what we could do and what we could accomplish. And you know that time, right my dad's health was very good, right? So we had a great season. I, I individually was having a pretty good season, and I, I, I felt like I was contributing the way that I was supposed to, but we got to about the midpoint of the season. I remember it was in February. I had a game to play Utah State, right and it was it was the night of, of the Utah State game when you know my dad collapsed the night before the game. He
3: had got up and I heard him down in the kitchen. And then I heard a thud, it was right there. And I ran down and called 911 and they came and they didn't seem to be really concerned. They said, take your time. But when I got to the emergency room, they said just to be certain, we're gonna take him up for some x-rays
2: made multiple trips back to the hospital right down the road to see my dad as we were trying to figure out what had happened. And, you know, long story short, they found a cancerous tumor right in my dad. And it was about an hour before the game that evening versus Utah State here at home when I found out that he had cancer. And it was pretty clear it was a serious form of pancreatic cancer. That was obviously a incredibly life-changing moment, not just for him, but for my whole family.
3: Coach Rose was wonderful. He had told Craig he didn't need to suit up. And he said, that's the last thing my dad would let me do. And he talked to Craig a minute before he left for the game and just said, son, it's gonna be a good
1: night. On game day, everything's lockstep, it's code read. From the moment you wake up, everything is patterned, so it's exactly the same, it's reproducible every single game, so that you can have a chance to perform at your highest level. And on this day, nothing felt right. All of our minds were somewhere else, grappling with this news, trying to feel for Craig, and then we got into this game and through this whole game, it was just frustration the entire game.
0: Here's Cusick for three. That's too
2: strong. Everything was different. I was in a funk, which is astonishing to me that Coach Rose kept me in the game at the end of the game. Just things
1: didn't fit right until the very last seconds.
4: Carlino for three, off the front end, followed by Cusick.
1: It's over. In one second, is it, the buzzer sounds and Craig Cusick hits that foot back. It was just like the magic of sports because sometimes sports takes something that can never be made right and just for a second, it makes it right for everybody. Like life
2: had just thrown our family like, and my dad mm-hmm. its biggest punch and That was Craig's response.
4: And what that did for
2: me through that process, it set the tone for the whole thing.
1: Not many people
2: could have done that. I would have missed. I guarantee it.
1: (laughs) And it it didn't fix anything. But it gave us all a moment that was extraordinary. Craig gave us that because of the toughness that he has inside of him that 100% he would tell you every bit of that toughness came from his dad who was his coach and his father and his best friend and his mentor and it's 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 one of the great moments in, in BYU basketball history
0: yeah that's uh... That's not hyperbole, that was, that was what it felt like at the time and still feels like today, watching that again. Yep, a great moment. A beautiful family. Okay, on Christmas Day in Honolulu, uh, a BYU freshman was handed an original and perhaps unexpected present, a wooden oar, Emblematic of selection to the all tournament team at the Diamond Head Classic, Fusene Traore, he turned his first career start into his first career double-double, another sign of progress that this rookie from Mali has been making since joining BYU straight out of the high school ranks. Please welcome into Studio C in his first appearance on the Pope Show. Fusene Traore. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Have a seat. Here, guys. <laughs> it's good to be with you again. I know we had a conversation post-game mm. uh, courtside in Honolulu on Christmas Day, but it's great to have you back to talk about it again for this audience and those watching and listening. And uh, now that you look back on the week we just had, uh-huh. how do you put it all into perspective? How do you feel about last week?
4: I'm just feeling happy, you know? Yeah, I'm just, I'm
0: just happy about it. Coach Pope told us that you did get to bring the ore home with you. Uh-huh. How did it come home?
4: Oh like I think so I will be able like to bring in the airplane. But when I, I went and checked they said nope, you have to put this under where the
1: suitcase are. Yeah. Yeah. And they
4: put there.
0: Got stuck with the cargo, and Foose was like, "No, you're not taking this." <laughs> like Foose it's okay. It's okay <laughs> did you like spending the holidays in Hawaii? Yeah,
4: it was. It was funny. It was very warm there. Like it kind of like reminded me a little bit of Mali, yeah, because
0: Utah here is always cold, you know. Okay, so you like last week's weather or this week's weather better? Last week. Yeah. Last week's <laughs> weather. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, did, you, did you have you put the ore up in the new room? don't uh, no, yet. You haven't put it, have you moved in though yet? Yeah, we moved in there. They moved into sweet new digs on the other side of campus. They went from the older dorms to the newer dorms. The new one.
4: You me. like them? I like it, yeah. <laughs> I think you like it, yeah.
0: And Atiki's your roommate, is that right? Yes, he's my roommate. Okay. And by the way, we're going to get to, we want to we share with our audience. Maybe we'll do it now. They have, uh, they have a TikTok channel. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so it's, it's at foos. Atiki Talk. Fus, I it's, yeah. <laughs> so, it's, so it's at Foos, F O U S S, Atiki, A T I K I, and then T O K. So at Foos Atiki Talk. We're going to get you a few more followers on this channel just tonight. So oh, yeah, at Foos Atiki Talk is their little TikTok channel. They've got at least one video on there right now, a fun one. Yeah. A second one is pending. I've, I've gotten a sneak preview of that. Mm-hmm. And the first video uh, talks about the proper way to pronounce your name. Yeah, my name, yeah. And Coach Pope does a pretty good job on it. Yeah. After I think it's his second take at it, but he does a pretty good job on
4: it. <laughs> yeah, first thing he was literally, saying, what do you mean? Yeah, like, that was funny. But he <laughs> got <a> second.
0: <laughs> I do the yeah. very best I can with it, because I think it's important to say everyone's name properly, right? So I say, Fusene Traore. Traore.
4: Pretty close. Wait, say it Last name. Fusene Traore. Traude.
0: Traude. Traude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're close. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know so here's the go. deal the yeah. new place they moved into, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this could be your next TikTok video, they finally have a kitchen.
0: So That's who's going to do the best, who's going to do the most cooking, you or Atiki?
4: Mm, maybe both of us. <laughs> but I think so. I, I think you know how to cook better
0: than me. Yeah. You think Atiki knows how or you know how better? I think you know, yeah. Atiki knows a little better? Yeah, but he can't teach me. Does he have a specialty? Something he cooks really well?
4: Mm, he
1: said he can cook some Tanzanian food. Yeah,
0: we will see. Tanzanian food. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you ever
1: had Tanzanian food before? No, yeah. Ah, see. If you were going to cook mm-hmm. in the kitchen, what would you cook right now? What can you cook? What can I cook?
4: Maybe just eggs. Okay. <laughs> eggs. I like it. Let's go. Yeah.
0: So you come from Mali. Yes. Are there any Malian restaurants or restaurants that cook Malian cuisine in Utah? that you know of?
4: No, no in Utah. But it's, I know it's some in New York because we went there like two years ago and one of our teammates take us there. It was some good Malian food there. Okay. It was, it was good, there. Yeah.
0: So here's a question. Uh, what are your favorite Malian dishes? We know there are no restaurants here in Utah, but what do you like to eat? What's, what's a good meal back home for you?
4: Back home? I like rice and like different kind of sauce, peanut sauce, onion sauce. It's like a lot of differences I miss. Okay.
0: But Rice is a foundation. Yeah. Rice is a foundation. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you grew up in Mali loving the sport of soccer. Soccer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when, first of all, when did basketball become a thing? And did you think you could become a professional soccer player?
4: Oh, uh, like growing up, like everybody loved playing soccer. We just play. And
0: what did you say again? Did you think you could be a professional soccer player? Yeah.
4: I believe so. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. What was your position? What did you play?
4: Oh, uh, like we kind of like play everywhere.
0: Yeah. <laughs> were, you a, were you a striker? Were you a striker? Were you a goal scorer? Or were you a defender? Like I
4: like goal scorer better. Yeah, that was my, my favorite yeah. Okay. He wants yeah. to be the scorer. He wants to be
0: yes, <laughs> yes. So when did basketball become a thing for you?
4: Mm-hmm. When I was thirteen, uh, like my dad could just come and told me. He said no, because my dad is a basketball My dad play basketball. Also my mom. Okay. And my, my dad just come and say, now it's time to focus on basketball, yeah. And I say, okay. I say, what about soccer? And he say, you kind of like a little bit tall for soccer.
1: He said you're a little too tall. Yeah.
0: <laughs> were you getting pretty tall this time? Were, yeah. you, were you getting too tall or like too t- like He t- said you should be p- play basketball because you were yeah. so tall?
4: Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was also a coach, a basketball coach. And, and we started playing basketball. I didn't like for a long time until I watched Steph Curry.
0: Oh, okay. Steph yeah, yeah. Curry. Curry.
4: Yeah, one of his games, Yeah, it was against Oklahoma, and he just like take the game winner. He just pass the half court and shot. Her. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After I just after I see that one, yeah, I just.
0: So it clicked for you. Thanks to Steph Curry making half court shots. It kind of clicked for you. It would be a
1: shame. (laughs) It would be so sad if you were still a soccer player because God has given you these incredible arms, his wingspan. What's your wingspan? Seven-two. Seven-foot, two-inch wingspan. man. <laughs> that doesn't do you any good in soccer. <laughs> no, <it's true. laughs> you can't use your arms. It would be a waste. No, do.: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, let's, go, let's go to our screen. Uh, we have a question here from social media for you, Afus. Mm-hmm. And the question is, um, what type of effort does it take to play against others that may have more experience than you? Because you're only a freshman.
4: Hmm. Oh, wow. Mm, I would say, like, I just try to do, like, whatever I can, like, to always try to be in the right spot, like, help my team.
0: Be in the right spot? Yeah, be in the right spot. Now, that sounds pretty simple, Coach Pope. What goes into him being in the right spot?
1: Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it, and that's why most rookie bigs can't function at a high level in college basketball because it's so complicated, all the real-time reads you have to make offensively and defensively of where to be. And Foos has such an incredible basketball IQ. Mm-hmm. He's so smart and he works so hard. He's always in the right spot as a rookie. And um, it's been really impressive. So that's one of the things he does at an elite level right now. It's pretty awesome. That's
0: good. Foose, I'd like to ask you how you actually made your decision to come to BYU. We know you were playing at Wasatch Academy, which is close. Yeah. But kids from Wasatch Academy get recruited to play all over the country. Yeah. What made you decide ultimately in your heart? Yeah, in my
4: this- heart. Okay. That's a good one, yeah. Because like I always love BYU because I feel like <clears throat> they know me better than any other coaches who was recruiting me. They've been to all my AU games. Like I love my AU game and also like some of Wasatch game. And like, I feel like I know them better, and when it was just right time, I just, because I always feel like 80%, but never 100%, but other one was like 50,
0: 40.
4: Mm. And I just say, I'm going to pray, like, I'm just going to pray and ask God. Every time I pray and ask, like, I just feel this is the right place Yeah. I also hear a lot of, a lot of bad things about here. People keep saying those, those, you know. But the only thing was mad was just pray and ask God, yeah. You prayed. I prayed on and asked God. And I always feel good about it. I say I cannot deny that I just have to commit.
1: Mm. That's yeah. so beautiful. Did you say that you heard a lot of people say oh, yeah. things about BYU? <laughs> <laughs> so they listen, love. so you were 80%. He was saying 80% BYU. And I'm calling him, and all I'm hearing is like 80% Singh Hall. <laughs> I'm like, no! Uh, no. It was a great day. In fact, um, if you're comfortable, if you're mm-hmm. okay, if I yeah. talk about this, so Foos is a very religious person mm-hmm. and so every um, game, before the game in the locker room as a team, we will give a pre we'll have a player give a pregame speech, and then or slash end prayer. And so Foos was the first player. he gave his pregame speech before what game.: first game.: Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, we played. Was, was it South Florida? Yes. Against locker. South Florida, and so this was Foos's first time as a rookie to give the pregame speech, and he crushed it. He did great. And then, for the first time ever in our locker room, Foose chose to pray in his native language. Mm, yeah. And it was actually it was incredible. It was really great. <laughs>
4: Thank you. It's
1: great.
0: We're going to st- uh, stick around for our next segment. We have one more question for you that I think you're going to really enjoy answering. So no. stay with us for that. Oh, yeah. We're going to go to a break. And as we go to break, this week's trivia question presented by Cascade Collision Repair. Serious about perfection. Who holds the BYU freshman record for rebounds per game? I choose this one because Foos might be in the neighborhood by the end of this season. That's our question. The answer is coming up after this. Stay with us. All right, back on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. This week's trivia question brought to you by Cascade Collision Repair, serious about perfection. Who holds the BYU freshman record for rebounds per game? The answer is Mark Handy with 8.7 per game way back in the day, and Foose is right around 7.5 right now. Question from social media for Foose before we wrap things up If you could take a fishing trip anywhere in the world, where would you go? Because you love <laughs> like to fish.
4: Oh. Wow, maybe, I don't know, like some nice flavor when I can catch a lot of salmon.
0: Salmon? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm, gonna, salmon. I'm gonna suggest like the Campbell River in British Columbia up in Let's Canada. Go, Great, yeah. there you go. <laughs> uh, hey, before we do wrap things up, uh, Foos told our, our, our studio audience during the break, grades came in for the fall semester, your first fall semester here at BYU, 3.86, 3.86 GPA. Thank you. Thank you. That Glad
1: is of awesome. Of oh yeah. That do, you is... have, do you have anybody that you want to thank for helping you with your? Oh yeah. Expertise? Like I really want to thank
4: all my, like my teacher, Jessica, Samantha, and also uh, Kelly. Like they've been helping me and I think a lot. Yes. Like we almost study like for to five hours almost every day i like, always been there for us.
0: Great help. And congratulations you. to you on that. Thanks to all those Foos mentioned. That's going to do it at Foos at Tiki Talk. Follow now. We'll see you next week. Come so on. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>